0: One hundred and fifty a Friday Night Fire. Oh, Monday Night Fire it used to be Friday Night Fire. I still have it written down in my notes. <laughs> it's Friday Night Fire. Just can't let it go. But we are on episode 150. Let me see if I can get the chat. Oh, it's frozen. I'm sure it'll start working. You guys can go ahead and spam the chat. Let me check on my other page. That we are live. We are live. There we go. Let's see if it'll load up the chat. The chat's been having issues. Are we here? Are we here? Okay, people are saying what's up and hi it looks like we are live so we should be good to go I'm gonna give you guys a couple seconds to jump in then we're gonna get started let me know in the chat where you're watching from I will be September 2nd at Global Vision Bible Church and I've updated my website so I have three new dates for September Global Vision Bible Church September 2nd Life Song Church September 10th that's 8 15 9 30 11 and 12 30 service at my home church and then September 24th I'll be at without walls church in Mesa Arizona that's also on the website and let me see if I can get the restream chat to work for some reason the chat is just completely frozen I don't know what's going on with this app here I would like to see the chat as I go here because without let me pull it up on my phone without the chat I don't even know if I'm live or not so let's move here let me open my phone the chats and then we're gonna get started okay we're just gonna have the ph- with the chat on my phone because the apps deciding not to work it'll probably start working as we go that is technology oh of course it starts working right as I pull up my phone all right while it is working praise the Lord you guys are here okay so those are the dates all on my website all of my website is salivar.com schedule make sure you sign up for all that and then we'll talk about that after so as we go into this please bear with me i'm going to start a timer for 60 minutes when i start in the book of genesis we are speed running the bible today we are doing all 66 books in 60 minutes that means i have somewhere around 54 seconds to do each book some will go longer some will go shorter i even have 66 text slides i'm going to be putting on screen live there's no editing here so i'm going to be pushing the button 66 times so bear with me as i'm pressing buttons and things are loading because we're trying to do this live we're not editing it and it's going to be a good time but let's talk about a little bit first the bible facts about the bible the number one fact you need to know before we jump in is the bible Well, i guess this is starting the bible is inspired by god this is not just a book that we read this is a book that has transforming power the bible says it's alive so this is a living book we're talking about tonight this is not a dead book this is not a book of stories that might have happened these things absolutely happen and the Bible is inspired by God second Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 says all scripture is God breathed and he's useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may thorough, be thoroughly equipped for every good work so what is a scripture God breathed so what we're talking about tonight is the breath of God God breathed his word second Peter chapter one verse 20 says above all you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by a prophet's own interpretation of things verse 21 for prophecy never had its origin in human will but prophets though human look at this spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit and I'm praying that would be me tonight I'm praying Lord as I preach this and share this I'm a bit out of my comfort zone because I'm just going over each book quickly. I'm praying that the Lord would carry me through. Let me fix this light. There we go. Uh, That would have bugged me the whole time. I'm praying the Lord would carry me through. I'm praying the Holy Spirit would carry me through as we do this broadcast, be praying for me. But we need to know number one, the Bible's inspired by God. The Bible's made up of 66 different books, and this is not my timer yet. Okay, we haven't started in Genesis, that were written over 1600 years, from approximately 1500 BC to 100 AD by more than 40 kings, prophets, leaders, and followers of Jesus. The Old Testament has 39 books which from approximately 1500 to 400 BC. The New Testament, 27 books, written from approximately 45 to 100 AD. The Hebrew Bible has the same text as the English Bible's Old Testament, but it's divided and organized differently. The Bible was also written in Type one if you're learning something three languages those are languages are hebrew aramaic and greek most old testament was written in hebrew which was the language of what the reader spoke and a few bits of the old testament were in aramaic like the book of ezra and the book of daniel the new testament was written in greek which was the common spoken language of the time so you might have a greek word that has you know four different meanings or three different meanings and we have one english word for each so you could have a word that in the greek means seven different english words that's why sometimes that we need to go into the greek or we need to go into the hebrew because the original meaning is not always the same but still we're able to translate it and the message and the doctrine still gets across even though we're in english when it was originally written in hebrew aramaic and greek okay the bible was written on three continents most was written on what's modern day Israel, Asia. Some of the passages of Jeremiah were written in Egypt, which is now, which is Africa and several new Testament epistles were written from the cities in Europe. So the Bible is written on three different continents. We know a lot of the new Testament was written in Europe and then Egypt, which is Africa was some Jeremiah. And then most of it was written in in modern day Israel, uh, right now chapters and verses were added. This is interesting. And 1200 AD, there was no chapters or verses until 1200 AD the original books of the Bible were not divided into chapters and verses these came about thousand year a thousand years after the uh, last book of the Bible had been written and this makes it much easier to tell where we're reading from so rather than just saying I'm in the middle of the book of Isaiah somewhere I'm able to say Isaiah 53 5 or Jeremiah 23 16 that's why we have chapters and verses but as we read the Bible sometimes if you're trying to get understanding it's good to read before what you're trying to understand and after what you're trying to understand because the original writers remember they didn't have chapters and verses these were just long books when they were written Now, before the printing press was invented, the Bible was copied by hand. The Bible was copied very accurately. In many cases, there were special scribes who developed intricate methods of counting words and letters to ensure no errors had been made. So they would count exact letters and exact words when copying the Bible by hand, making sure that there were no errors in place. The Bible was also, interesting, the first ever printed on a uh first ever book printed on a printing press that had a movable type and that was the Guttingberg press 1455 it was the Latin Bible so the first book ever on a movable type press was the Bible um Tyndale's website says this about why the 66 books were chosen now this video is not about how the 66 books were canonized but before we started in the book of uh, Genesis I thought would be good to talk about the fact that um how did they choose a 66 book so This is what they said the most important thing to grasp is the fundamental reason why these 66 books became the canon. It is not because early Christians liked these books. It is not because they were widely accepted or because some church council decided to make them authoritative rather it is because the early church recognized that these 66 books had an inherent authority for how christians live and what they believe so they chose the 66 books on how we should be living and also what we believe it's the foundational doctrines of the 66 books in the canon they believed that these books would have the same authority through all generations the church understood them as scripture as the authoritative words of God given through human authors. Remember, we already learned earlier that these men were not making things up. They were carried by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit was speaking to them and giving them revelation. The 66 books of the Bible are the word of God. This is the Tyndale Press article I got earlier, not because some church council decided they were the word of God, but because the Holy Spirit guided the church to treasure treasure them above all other writings and to accept the authority of God himself speaking through them and one of the devil's main tactics is going to try to get you to doubt the word of God going to try to tell you well this translation isn't this and it's not the original this you don't want to get into that weird place where you're starting to doubt authors you're starting to doubt the authenticity of Paul doubt the authenticity of John we believe the Bible this is the inspired word of God It is inspired by God himself and we take it at his word and there is transforming power in the word of God Demons tremble at his word. Jesus fought the devil with the scripture. So, with that being said, we're going to get the timer on screen. Should be at 66, 60 minutes. There we go. We are going to start in the book of Genesis. Now, Genesis' author was traditionally Moses. When it says traditionally, that means we don't fully 100% know but that's what tradition says, so Moses is the author, Genesis means origin, the book of Genesis presents the creation of the world and humanity, and it really details God's design for morality, relationships, it's the origin of the Israelite people, Genesis 1-1, and I'll be giving you guys basically what the book's about, uh, how it applies to us, and then I'll give you a verse from the book, okay, that kind of is applicable to what the book's about, Genesis 1-1 says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, so the book of Genesis teaches us the significance of our choices that there is consequences in our choices. We know this because Adam and Eve revealed that our choices matter in a big way. When Satan deceived them into following his will, his voice instead of God's voice. We also learn the value of obedience as we see Abraham's willingness to follow God. Even when God said, go to the land, I'm going to show you. And he didn't know where he was going. We see the importance of forgiveness and reconciliation as through Joseph, forgiving his brothers who threw him in the pit. Ultimately he ended up in the palace. And additionally, It just shows us that we have responsibility to steward the earth and creation. A couple famous stories are the creation and the fall, which is Genesis one through three, Noah and the flood, which is Genesis chapter six through nine, the tower of Babel, which is Genesis chapter 11, and the call of Abraham, which is Genesis chapter 12 and chapter 17. And then last main story in Genesis is Genesis 37 through 45. That's Joseph the dreamer. Okay, book of Exodus, we're doing good. Look at us, look at us going here. The Book of Exodus. Traditionally, the author is Moses. Exodus is the recount of God delivering the children of Israel from the slavery in Egypt. They were led by Moses, and the establishment God made with His people was, "I will bring you out." Look at what it's Exodus fourteen fourteen says: "The Lord will fight for you; you only need to be still." Is that not a word for someone? I don't want to skip over that. The Lord will fight for you you only need to be still. Exodus teaches us about liberation, perseverance, the power of faith. The story of the Israelites deliverance illustrates the value of freedom and our need to fight against those that oppress God's people. Through the journey of the wilderness, we see God's guiding power, um, God's provision, and even in challenging times, if God is with us, who can be against us? Also, the establishment of the Ten Commandments shows us the principle of moral and ethical living. This was God saying, this is how you should live. And some important stories are Exodus 1, which is the birth of Moses, um, Moses and the burning bush, which is Exodus 3, the Ten plagues, Exodus chapter 7 through chapter 11, the crossing of the Red Sea, which is Exodus chapter 13 through 14, and manna and quail coming from heaven, which is Exodus 16. This is an absolutely supernatural book. It is a book of deliverance. Amen. Number three is the book of Leviticus. Traditionally, Moses is the author. This is instruction on worship, purity, and how the Israelites should live. And it emphasizes on holiness and obedience. Look at what Leviticus 11:44 says. This is the book a lot of you skip over. It's too many laws and rules. Thank the Lord we're not under these laws anymore. But Leviticus 11:44 still applies and it says, You shall be holy, for I am holy. So it focuses on holiness and rituals and teaching us to keep a close relationship with God through purity and through devotion again we're not under most of these laws today but the overarching lesson is we should be holy because God is holy the book of numbers number four the fourth book we're going over author traditionally Moses again numbers Chronicles the Israelites wilderness journey their trials their disobedience God's guidance look at what number 624 says the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you numbers is all about the consequences of doubt, disobedience, and a lack of faith. This was about a prolonged journey that should have only taken a few days, ended up 40 years of wandering. And here's what I want you to take away from the book of Numbers. They start in Numbers chapter one, and they end up at the end of Numbers in the same place they started. Don't live your life in the same place. Don't live your life wandering around, not fulfilling the destiny. Some of you say, I was age 20, and now I'm age 60, and I'm in the same place the last 40 years. That's the book of Numbers. It's stubbornness. When you don't obey God, I'm preaching tonight, you'll remain in the same place. A couple of noteworthy stories number 13, which is the exploring Canaan, and then Numbers 22 was uh, Balaam's talking donkey. Okay. I gotta remember to do these slides here number five is Deuteronomy author traditionally Moses Deuteronomy restates the law and the Covenant it's a recap of the Law and Covenant it's it's a preparing of the Israelites to enter the promised land it emphasizes loyalty to God and exclusively worshiping God only this is the book where we begin to see we cannot worship any other God We need to worship God and worship God only. Look at what Deuteronomy 6, verse 5 says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Let us ask ourselves that tonight as I'm speeding through the books of the Bible. Are we loving God with everything? Every ounce of strength, all of my heart and all of our soul. It recaps the law, emphasizes how we should be obedient. It calls us to love each other's neighbor, to get along with our fellow brethren. And it also outlines blessings and curses. So it tells us, listen, if you live this way, you'll be blessed. And if you live this way, you'll be cursed. So Deuteronomy has a list of blessings and a list of curses. I recommend you go read those because, hey, we gotta know how to live our lives. And even though we're not under those blessings and those curses necessarily, some of them do still apply and there's a lot to learn and we know curses are still real and blessings are still real and so I would highly recommend you looking at that Deuteronomy 5 1 through 22 is the 10 Commandments and then Deuteronomy 34 is the death of Moses Moses dies not being able to see the promise because his disobedience to God so those were the first five we call those the books of the law now we're going into the next category which is the books of history I'm so happy that I'm remembering to. To hit these slides which is the book of joshua no one knows the author if it i'm just gonna put nobody knows whenever i can't find who the author was in my research joshua portrays the conquest of canaan basically joshua is now taking over what moses didn't do joshua because of his belief because of his faith in god is now going to bring the people into canaan it showcases god's faithfulness we see a lot of victories here Uh, joshua chapter 1 verse 9 says be strong and courageous do not be afraid Do not be discouraged for the Lord, your God will be with you wherever you go. That is a word for me. That's what I needed to hear. Do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid. Type one in the chat if you needed to hear that for the Lord, your God will be with you wherever you go. That's Joshua chapter one, verse nine. This book teaches us about courage, about leadership, about the importance of stepping into challenges that are ahead of us. Joshua's determination to lead the Israelites into the Promised land, despite all the obstacles he went through, shows us the value of boldness when pursuing the promises of God if you want to learn about boldness going after God hard go read the book of Joshua we also see the conquest of Jericho which shows us the power of God and God's demonstration for his people um Joshua chapter 3 important areas to note was entering the promised land and then Joshua 5 was the fall of Jericho and then we also see in the book of Joshua famous story of the sun standing still overall it's a book of conquest it's a book of victory It's an incredible book if you're struggling in your faith and you're struggling to have courage and you're going i don't really feel like i am who god's called me to be and i don't really feel i know god said i'm a mighty warrior but i don't feel like a mighty warrior go read the book of joshua he really took over from where moses uh wasn't able to lead the people okay the book of Judges. The author nobody knows. Judges describes the cycle of apostasy, oppression, and deliverance, and the restoration through various judges, highlighting our need for God, need for faithfulness and God's providence. Look at what Judges 21:25 says: "In those days Israel had no king; everyone did as they saw fit. So Israel was just completely reckless. They were going into bondage. They were going into captivity, like many of us. Remember, in the Old Testament." listen to this God brought the people out of bondage and in the New Testament Jesus brought the bondage out of the people the people were bound inside by demonic powers and Jesus brought the demons out but in the Old Testament they were in bondage in Egypt in Babylonian captivity they were oppressed of the of the enemy territories and God would bring them out and Judges is basically about God raising up prophetic judges diverse leaders men and women who are going to be deliverers this is a book about God raising up deliverers judges four through five Deborah leads God's people judges six through seven Gideon fights the Midianites um judges 16 Samson we see the story of Samson and Delilah lots of famous stories in the book of Judges but the overarching theme of Judges is God raising up voices and I want to be that type of voice let me know in the chat, do you want to be one of those voices that's raised up in this hour and say, man, I want to go after God. I want to be a deliverer of God's people. That was the book of Judges. Next is the book of Ruth, author nobody knows. Ruth narrates the story of loyalty and redemption. She's a Moabite woman, part of the lineage of King David and Jesus. Ruth 1.16 says, wherever you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people be my people and your God will be my God. The book of Ruth teaches loyalty, kindness, And God's provision. Ruth's steadfast devotion to her mother in law, Naomi, demonstrates the significance of caring for family and the vulnerable. Boaz's generosity and obedience to the law offers lessons in behavior, ethical behavior, and compassion. And the story also shows how God can work through ordinary people to fulfill his plans. That's what Ruth is all about. God using normal people. Are you guys getting this? Praise the Lord. God is raising up normal people to establish his will and fulfill his will. And in this case, this is what this entire book is about all right first Samuel we're doing good look at this we are we're a little bit behind on time but a lot of these books will go really quick first Samuel author nobody knows the first book of Samuel depicts the transition from judges to Kings highlighting Samuel's role as a prophet and the anointing of Saul as the and and the anointing of Saul as the first king of Israel this is going to be the book where Samuel who's the only prophet in the Bible that God said Samuel whatever you speak will come to pass your words will not fall on the ground and everything Samuel prophesied ended up coming to pass and this is where King Saul was anointed look at what first Samuel sixteen seven says for the Lord does not look at the things people look at people look at the outward appearance but God looks at the heart and remember the people wanted a king the the people of God were never meant to be ran by Kings they were meant to be ran by the presence of God and the prophets The Bible says the only reason why God gave them a king is because they wanted a king to reign over them. They wanted someone to tell them what to do. It was never God's will for kings to reign. And we ended up seeing lots of failure in the life of King Saul. And when the people, basically when the people start coming under the uh, leadership of kings, this is when everything starts going south. They lose the presence of God. We start, we see in this book, a stark contrast between Saul's prideful disobedience and David relying on God. It shows humility. David had humility. Saul had pride. Uh, This is also the place where we see the story of David and Goliath emphasizing trust in God. And first Samuel 8 is when Israel asks for a king which is what I just talked about first Samuel 16 is when God chooses David as king and that's where the verse I just read God does not look at the outward God looks at the inward appearance um even though some of you still don't believe we're allowed to wear pants it's okay God looks at the inward not the outward and then first Samuel 17 is David kills Goliath I'm sure you're all familiar with that story all right number 10 second Samuel author nobody knows The second book of samuel follows the reign of king david so we went from king psalm now we're into king david showcasing david's uh basically well how do i say it triumphs and also david's failures and emphasizing god's covenant and god's sovereignty second samuel 22 2 says the lord is my rock you guys should be writing these down second samuel two two. the lord is my rock my fortress and deliverer the book of second samuel dives into themes of consequences repentance god's faithfulness in the midst of human failures we see a story of david uh committing an affair with Bathsheba and then killing her husband that's going to be also in second samuel we see david just struggling he has shortcomings and despite all of that God stays true to his promise and God continues to use David. But there are consequences to David's actions. God says, now, David, you're gonna have to work way harder. And the sword is never going to leave your house because of your sin. Second Samuel chapter five, important areas to know David becomes King. And then second Samuel 11 is the story of David and Bathsheba, which is David's just terrible fall. Okay. 11th book is first Kings author. Nobody knows First Kings chronicles the reign of Solomon, the construction of the temple and the division of Israel into two kingdoms, highlighting the importance of wisdom and obedience. Proverbs chapter three, verse five. Oh, I have the wrong, uh, verse here. Okay. It's okay. We'll keep going. First Kings provides insights into the complexities of leadership and the impact choices and individuals have on the nations. Solomon wisdom, building the temple, the wisest man alive, Um, But there is a division in the nation of Israel in the book of first Kings a couple important areas to note are first Kings chapter 3 verse 16 Solomon and the wise judgment first Kings chapter 6 Solomon builds God's temple This is where we see Solomon building an elaborate temple for God is in first Kings first Kings chapter 12 Israel rebels against Rehoboam. First Kings chapter 18, Elijah and the prophets of Baal. We know the story. God raises up Elijah. He defeats the prophets of Baal. And then first Kings chapter 19, the still small voice, which speaks to Elijah. Okay, now let's go to our second page. Here we go. Sorry, guys, I have a little weird setup with my slides because I had to literally manually type in 66 slides to get them on screen. Uh, I figured it'd help for people jumping in to have the time and the slides on screen. We're a little bit behind. Here we go. Second Kings is... Continuing the history of Israel and Judah, we don't know who the author is, it narrates the downfall of Israel due to disobedience, due to idolatry, The people continually serve idols, worship other gods, and do things that God tells them not to do. So we see the role of prophets in 2 Kings, calling the people back to repentance, just like I'm calling you to repentance tonight, this is where we see prophets rising up. It's Israel's history, and it emphasizes the consequence of disobedience, and then shows how prophets would be moral guides to the nation of Israel the eventual downfall of Israel and Judah serves as a sobering reminder of remaining faithful to God when you read these books and you see the downfall of God's nation it should be a reminder to us I probably shouldn't do the things they did I was rebellious I was bitter I was going against God it should be a reminder there's no slides by slides I mean this number here that's what I mean by slides I had to type out these little things to pop up on the live it's a whole thing but yeah I don't have like picture slides or anything like that I was gonna put up pictures but I thought it'd be too distracting um and it's we're going too fast anyway second Kings chapter two Elijah's taken up to heaven in a chariot and then second Kings 24 through 25 Judah is taken into Judah is taken into exile in Babylon all right let's move to First Chronicles. Oh, I'm out of breath. First Chronicles author, traditionally Ezra. I think I'm a little ambitious tonight trying to do this. I'm like on 13. We have 66 here. The first book of Chronicles provides gene uh, gene- geolo- genealog- genealogical. I can't say the word, the genealogy. Let me just say that way. Genealogy and historical account on the lineage of David and shows the importance of worship and faithfulness. First Chronicles 1634, give thanks to the Lord for he is good his love endures forever so this is a history of Israel and a book of genealogies (laughs) man having a hard time saying that word a book of genealogies that highlights the value of worship we see music appearing in this book um unity with other believers and also humility prosperity and trusting in God in the midst of adversity that's the book of first Chronicles And i'm sure at some point there'll be a mistake on the text or i'll say the book wrong so it's all good second chronicles author traditionally is ezra this continues the history of the israelite kings highlighting the importance of seeking god for prosperity and for success this was something big in those days when the kings would stop seeking the lord they would go into bondage and when the kings would seek the lord they would go into prosperity and success this is a famous verse have to add it second chronicles chapter 7 verse 14 if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. So, whose responsibility is for the land to be healed? God's people have to humble themselves. It's the historical count of the various kings and shows us the consequences. Again, I feel like I'm repeating myself over and over again, but it shows us the consequences of idolatry and disobedience as the kingdom declines because the people go back to idols. I'm going to keep saying this for the next 20 books. It's all about Old Testament. The people of God don't listen. They worship idols just like we do today. They worship other gods and they go into captivity. Okay. 15 is the book of Ezra. Author is, would you guess it? Ezra. Ezra recounts the return of the exiles from Babylon, the rebuilding of the temple and the revival of committing to the law. Ezra 831 says the hand of our God was on us and he protected us from enemies and bandits along the way. So this was them, the people of God returning from Babylon, the exiles return, exiles from Babylon. It's all about the restoration of Jerusalem, the return from Babylon. It tells us about going back to God after spiritual decline. So this is after the people were declined they were totally in bondage now it shows us it's time to go back to God they're returning to God after exile and it really shows us that we need to guard ourselves from compromise and we need to prioritize relationship with God this is what happens when God is not number one and Ezra chapter one is when the people are allowed to return from exile when these people are in exile guys and I I know I got to go quick here this is all in God's control God can deliver God can save God can do that but God allowed them to teach them because they wouldn't listen God's like stop worshiping idols and God had to show him the hard way. So don't make God show you the hard way by allowing you to go into bondage. Just obey God the first time he says something. 16, Nehemiah. Author is Nehemiah. It's the story of rebuilding of Jerusalem's walls, the restoration of the city. It highlights the importance of leadership, the importance of prayer, of dedication. Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And this was, when you talk about rebuilding walls, this was the defense from the enemy kingdoms. We all need to have walls in our life. We need to build walls around so toxic people, ungodly relationships, things don't get in the Bible over and over speaks of doors and speaks of walls. So here's my lesson to you from Nehemiah the new, and I'll give you a New Testament version. Make sure there's doors. Don't let the enemy in your house. Make sure there's walls up so the enemy and darkness is not getting into your house. This is what it's all about is rebuilding. And for some of you, it's a prophetic word. It's time to rebuild. 17 is the book of Esther. This is a Jewish queen who saves her people from a plot to exterminate the people. This reveals God's basically deliverance in dire circumstances. Her people are gonna be exterminated and Esther stood up right in front of the king and was able to save her people esther 414 and who knows but that you have come to your loyal your royal position for such a time as this this is esther's uncle saying esther what if god i feel the holy ghost tonight y'all what if god and i'm saying this to you raised you up for such a time as this what if you're not born in 2023 by accident but every single one of yours two thousand of you on this live stream god has called you anointed you appointed you and chose you to be born for such a time as this this is your defining hour that's the book of esther now we're going into the books of poetry the first book of poetry is the book of job this is not the book of job i know new believers that are looking for a job go here don't go here if you're looking for a job this is the book of job the author nobody knows this is the exploring the question of suffering why is god allowing suffering although job remains faithful God allows him to suffer. This is the story of when the devil goes before the throne, says, Job only serves you because he has a bunch of stuff. And God says, watch what happens. If you take his stuff, he'll, ser- he'll serve me. And the devil comes, pretty much takes everything he has, except doesn't kill him. And Job doesn't refuses to bow, refuses to deny God, and he gets back ten times what he had in the beginning. Uh, Job 121, the Lord gave, and the Lord is taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's a word. For some of you that are going through unemployment maybe you're losing your house hey job 121 the lord gives and the lord takes blessed be the name of the lord no matter what you're going through god is good and this really shows us humility compassion and we also see from job's friends be careful of who you're hanging out with because job's friends over and over again try to convince them to turn from god all right we're doing good speed running 19 the book of psalms authors there's too many to count uh if you look at the book of psalms i think there's over 150 songs and you'll see the authors above it's basically a collection of poetic prayers and songs expressing a wide range of human emotions okay from praise to worship to lament to supplication to prayers uh, psalms 23:1 is probably one of the most famous psalms is the lord is my shepherd i shall not want that was from the psalm of david but if you read the book of psalms you'll see who wrote the psalm there's too many authors to list but it teaches us a lot about basically worshiping God and praying in times of joy in times of sorrow and in times of uncertainty that's the book of Psalms all right the book of Proverbs is Solomon and the other wise men Solomon would be known as the wisest man in the Old Testament I I don't like saying the wisest man in the Bible because I believe Jesus was the wisest man in the Bible but I like to say the wisest man in the Old Testament and this is practical wisdom for everyday living the book of Psalms is amazing if you open it up you're just going to find something for you right away and I hope tonight's live stream is getting you excited for the Word of God I hope it's getting you hungry to read the Word of God and uh, I've never seen anyone do this so I thought I would do it tonight get you guys excited and fired up for the Word of God hope it's happening as we read this Proverbs 9 chapter 9 verse 10 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding so this book focuses on seeking knowledge seeking God making wise choices hello hanging around wise people what else humility fearing the Lord how to find true wisdom all of that good stuff Ecclesiastes some have said I don't know how true this is because I haven't researched it enough that Proverbs is when Solomon was in covenant with God and Ecclesiastes is when Solomon was out of covenant with God which I don't know the full basis of that so I'm not going to say that's a fact but the author was traditionally Solomon uh Solomon's exploring the meaning of life he basically highlights the emptiness of worldly pursuits. He's constantly saying, after everything I've gained, I have all the money, all the wealth. And guess what I found? Vanity, vanity, vanity. It's not gonna fill your void. It's completely worthless. There's no meaning to any of it. And it's true in many places, but it is a depressing book in some places. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 says, fear God and his commandments for this is the duty of all mankind. That's powerful. Fear God, Ecclesiastes 12, 13. I wanna read it again. Fear God and his commandments. For this is the duty of all mankind. So what is my job to fear God and keep his commandments? This is all about not uh, pursuing worldly desires and pursuits only to see how empty they are. Only to see how empty they are. If you're a celebrity, go read the book of Ecclesiastes and you realize you need God. Okay, Song of Solomon. I'm gonna start blushing here. Author is traditionally Solomon. This is gonna be a quick one. The Song of Solomon is about, about, um, how do I say this? Intimacy. Let me say it that way because I know there's a lot of kids watching. It's about intimacy in the context of marriage, and you guys can fill in the blanks. Now, some believe that allegorically it reflects our relationship with uh, the relationship of Christ in the church. I don't think that's what it's doing because it's all about physical intimacy, and it feels weird for people to say it's about Christ and His church because. God does not speak of physical intimacy with his church, but I'll read you one verse from it. And then I'm going to skip over it. Sol- Song of Solomon 6, three. I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. Okay. When I was young, I'm pretty sure I wasn't around, allowed to read the book of Song of Solomon 23 the book of isaiah which is one of the best books in the bible not because that's my name because it literally is the book of isaiah is known as a little bible because the way there's 66 chapters and the way the first chapters line up with the old testament and the light uh, later chapters line up with the new testament it's a prophetic book full of messages of judgment restoration and the future messiah it has more prophecies about jesus than any other book in the bible isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given it's a prophetic book it calls for repentance it shows visions of god isaiah chapter 6 isaiah has a vision of god isaiah chapter 7 isaiah has prophecies about the messiah isaiah chapter 40 isaiah has a message of comfort and isaiah 52 through 53 one of the most famous chapters in the bible is the suffering servant the prophecy of jesus isaiah really is a mini bible really is go start researching the book of isaiah it has so many incredible things but Isaiah was a preacher of righteousness, a preacher of repentance. He called the people back to God and, uh, he even preached naked, but we're not going to ever do that or talk about that. Number 24, the book of Jeremiah. The author is you guessed it, chat Jeremiah. This is a message of impending judgment and a call to repentance. while off also offering, offering hope of a new covenant and restoration. Jeremiah 29, 11, I'm going to add the most famous, uh, chapter or verse in Jeremiah for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you to give you a a hope and a future so Jeremiah is a call to repentance it is a call to holiness the book a book teaches us the consequences of what happens when you ignore the warnings of God and it shows us the importance of listening to the voice of God we also see Jeremiah's personal struggles And God basically telling him, no one's going to listen to you, but you need to preach anyway. Even at one point, God tells Jeremiah, stop praying for these people. They're rebellious. They don't listen. Jeremiah, you're wasting your time. Stop praying for them. Uh, Jeremiah 18 is a famous story of Jeremiah and the potter's house. Jeremiah 31 is Jeremiah and the new covenant. Jeremiah is all about repentance. It's all about holiness. As you probably could guess, Isaiah and Jeremiah are two of my favorite books in the Bible. Okay, Lamentations. Lamentations author traditionally Jeremiah this is him mourning the destruction of Jerusalem and expressing grief over the consequences of disobedience would you guess Jeremiah and Isaiah warned the people this is what's going to happen if you turn against God and spoiler alert they turned against God lamentations is the lament and the grief of them turning from God in his faithfulness lamentations 322 because of the Lord's great love we are not consumed for his compassion never fails so it's it's a mourningful. Poems and basically songs and poems reflecting on the suffering of people, the destruction of Jerusalem, and it teaches us the the reality of pain and loss, um, and expressing grief to God. It's it's a it's a book about grieving that it's okay to grieve. Lamentation also reminds us of our need to turn to God in times of despair. When you're grieving, when you're going through hard times, when you're going through death and loss and sickness and pain, you turn to God. He's the one that will help you in your grieving. Okay number 26 is ezekiel author is ezekiel this is about visions and prophecies of god's judgment remember these are the prophetic books we're going over of god's judgment it's about the restoration of israel and the coming of the holy spirit underscoring our personal responsibility and importance of having a heart that was revived a heart that is on fire for god i love ezekiel 36 26. again i'm putting some of the most famous verses in each book I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. And God says, I will take your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, because when I got saved, I had a very hard heart. I didn't cry for almost 10 years. And one of the things God did was God took my heart of stone that was hardened, that was bitter, that had no emotion, and God gave me a heart of flesh. And so I love that verse. He has a lot of visions, symbolic actions, and a call to repentance. And also shows us once again, Rebellion against God ends up with destruction. We see an imagery of a valley of dry bones Which is a metaphor for spiritual revival spiritual renewal Ezekiel 1 he has a vision of chariots. Ezekiel 37 is the famous story Of the valley of dry bones. Okay uh, Book 27 is the book of daniel author is daniel and and other contributors Daniel narrates the experience of Daniel and his friends in Babylonian captivity, and it shows their unwavering dedication and faith to not bow in the midst of everybody else bowing. It also shows God's intervention through visions and dreams. God gives Daniel this supernatural ability to interpret dreams and interpret visions. Daniel 11.32 says, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. That's one of my favorite verses. That's Daniel 11:32. 32. It has a lot of stories of faith and courage and God's sovereignty. And when you're in a foreign land, re- maintaining your convictions. And this might be whether you're at a job, whether you're at school, whether you're at a friend's house, when you're in a foreign place, the book of Daniel shows us, maintain your convictions. Don't be, and I can't help but preach a Christian chameleon in the midst of being places that you're not used to being. Stay loyal wherever you are. Don't blend in don't give in. Uh, Daniel chapter 3, famous, Daniel in the fiery furnace, and then Daniel 6, Daniel in the lion's den. We know that there was a fast very famously called the Daniel fast, which just to be clear, there's no such thing as a Daniel fast. Daniel didn't fast. It was actually his diet. It was Daniel's diet. It was the way that he lived. Um, Daniel was praying three times a day when they told him that if you keep praying, we're going to throw in the lion's den. Daniel opened his window and prayed again. So he went through the lion's den. God shut the mouth of lions. Amazing story. And Daniel is one of the only people in the Bible where there's no record of sin. So let us be like Daniel, just a man of holiness, a man of integrity. Okay. 28 is Hosea. The author is Hosea. It's about God's love for his unfaithful people through the story of a prophet marrying an adulterous woman, literally marrying a prostitute. Hosea 219 says, I will be troth you to me forever. I'll be troth you in righteousness and justice and love and compassion. So God tells Hosea to go marry a basically a prostitute. So that's the story of God's unwavering, even though the prophet married an adulterous woman who was cheating on him, this is God's love for us. In fact, there's places in scripture where God says, uh, the prostitute can learn from my people because we are so quick to run to other lovers and to run to other gods. Um, 29 is the book of Joel, Joel calls for repentance in the midst of a massive locust plague that was going on. It has promises if you repent of restoration and the outpouring of the spirit and the future blessing, which is Joel 2.28. I will pour out my spirit on all people. In the book of Acts on Pentecost, remember Peter says, this is what Joel spoke about. This is what Joel spoke about that in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. So Peter points back to the book of joel the outpouring of the holy spirit your sons and daughters shall prophesy your young man shall see visions your old men shall dream dreams that whole thing joel's prophetic words focus on repentance the day of the lord the coming of the lord and restoration it tells us about the urgency of turning back to god one of my favorite portions of scripture is joel 2 the joel's vision of the coming of the lord blow the trumpet in zion joel says sound the alarm on my holy mountain let all the inhabitants of the earth tremble for the day of the lord is upon us Joel is is a real book of urgency and a book of blowing the trumpet okay Amos man we're doing good on time we're raising the clock Amos author is Amos he speaks out against social injustice and religious hypocrisy he proclaims God's righteousness and the need for genuine repentance Amos is another prophet that cries out Lord what is going on are you even hearing me and in the midst of his cry God tells Amos I'm doing something I'm doing something Uh, Amos 524, but let justice roll on like a river righteousness, like a never failing stream. He delivers messages of ethical living and emphasizes that God is concerned of those that are oppressed and those that are hurting that can't help themselves. It teaches us about compassion for other people, how to have integrity and a call for justice that basically he addresses systematic inequality that was going on during those days. Um, and then Amos chapter seven is when Amos condemns the King. That's one of the famous texts that I put down. 31 is Obadiah. Uh, some of you don't read your Bible. So you're like, Obahuda it's Obadiah. Obadiah condemns Edom's pride and cruelty. It highlights the consequences of what happens when you mistreat other people and ultimately shows the triumph of the people of God. Uh, Obadiah 121, the deliverers will ascend Mount Zion to govern the mountains of Esau and the kingdoms will kingdom will be the Lord's. It's a short prophecy of judgment, and of those that are mistreating Israel, coming against God. It's a very short book and a very short prophecy, but it's basically, basically it's this, you reap what you sow. That's what Obadiah is saying, is you will reap what you sow. Okay, Jonah, traditionally the author is Jonah. This is the reluctant prophet who's journeyed to Nineveh in response to God saying, Jonah, I want you to get up and go to Nineveh. And instead, Jonah gets up and does what most of us do, and goes the opposite direction of where God calls him to go. Eventually, you all know the story. He tells the people, throw him overboard. They throw him overboard. A fish swallows him up. Three days later, spits him out, and he preaches to the city God originally told him to, to preach to. Jonah 2.9, salvation comes from the Lord. This teaches us about obedience. Obedience. Even when it's stepping out of your comfort zone, it's all about obedience and surrendering to God's plan. Stop going the opposite way that God has called you to go. Don't be like Jonah don't go through some of you will still get to the place God's called you to go and I hope you guys can notice I'm struggling not to preach every single book God you can still go where God wants you to go but it's gonna take you a lot longer and a lot more heartache you wouldn't have had to go through all of that heartache if you would have just did what God said to do just do what God said to do okay Selah 33 is Micah the author is Micah Micah condemns social injustice and idolatry. He also promises a future ruler from Bethlehem who will bring peace and justice, obviously talking about Jesus. Micah chapter six, verse eight. um, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, this is what the Lord requires, to act justly and love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. This book teaches us about pursuing righteousness and to act justly and to walk in humility. right let's go to the next screen 34 is nahum nahum the author is nahum and if you're like you're pronouncing it wrong just send me an email praise the lord this is about the impending judgment on nineveh it echoes themes of justice vindication and reassures those that are oppressed nahum 1 7 says the lord is good he's a refuge in times of trouble and he cares for those who trust in him this book teaches us about the consequences look at this a persistent wickedness and the reality of God's judgment. Our God is a God of judgment. His message serves as a reminder that God's justice will prevail. Even in the New Testament, you will reap what you sow. The justice of God cannot be mocked. Habakkuk or Habakkuk or however you want to pronounce it. Um questions God in the face of injustice. This is another place where um Habakkuk says, "Where are you, God? Why aren't you hearing my prayers even though I'm praying and the people are crying out, the wicked far outnumber the righteous?" uh justice has been perverted why is this happening and then god says i'm doing something in your day something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about habakkuk 2 4 says the righteous will live by by his faithfulness this is all about the importance of seeking god in the midst of your confusion we're preaching a whole sermon tonight every book teaches us a little lesson here but it's about trusting god in the midst of difficult confusing situations you can continue to trust god and maintain faith Okay, Zephaniah, another book that some of you are like, who's that? The author is Zephaniah. This is about judgment that's coming upon Judah and other nations, but also not just judgment. What you're going to notice on a lot of these prophetic books is they offer judgment, yes, but they also offer hope in the midst of that judgment. And so it's about warning of judgment. Zephaniah 317 says, the Lord, your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. So speaking of God as a mighty warrior that saves, but it is a book about the consequences of complacency and the need for genuine spiritual revival and spiritual renewal. As you notice, this is all happened thousands of years ago, and so much of it applies still today. All right, the book of Haggai um, encourages the rebuilding of the temple, emphasizes the importance of prioritizing and putting God first. Haggai 113, I am with you, declares the Lord. This tells us that we need to put God as a priority because if people are saying we don't need to put God number 1. It'll, the temple will rebuild itself and God says, "Why am I not your priority?" The the whole book is about why is everything else a priority and God isn't. That's the book of Haggai, it's the rebuilding of the temple. Zechariah, author is Zechariah, it combines visions of the future future restoration for Israel with practical messages about right living. It points to the coming Messiah who will bring salvation. Zechariah 9.9 says rejoice greatly daughter of Zion shout daughter of Jerusalem. Your king comes to you righteous and victorious. So Zechariah is prophesying as you see these other prophetic books about the coming of Jesus. It teaches us about the promises of God, God's plan for salvation, and it puts an emphasis on humility and righteousness and reminds us to align with God's purposes. That is the book of Zechariah. Okay, and we're going to go into the last book of the Old Testament. Here we are, 21 minutes left on book 39. This couldn't go any better. Is the book of Malachi. This is a confrontation to spiritual apathy and unfaithfulness. It calls us to renewed devotion, and it talks about the messenger. It uh, talks about John the Baptist, the messenger that would prepare the way for the Lord malachi 4 2 says but for you who revere my name the son of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays the book teaches us about the, the dangers of compromised half-hearted half in lukewarm worship and the importance of offering god our best that we need to be giving god our best now what you're going to see we're going to move into the gospels but the whole old testament did you guys see the, the theme basically here's the theme stay out of idolatry stay out of adultery Worship the Lord your God only and if you don't do these things if you don't worship God solely you will get turned over into captivity you will go into bondage and the same applies today but now a ruler or a king is not going to put you in bondage a demon is going to put you in bondage in the New Testament so it's not like all of these laws and rules and how we should live they don't just go away it's just now we're not in bondage to a king we're in bondage to unclean spirits and the devil, who's the prince of the power of the air. Okay, number 40 is the book of Matthew. We are now in the New Testament. These would be considered the gospels. The book of Matthew is written by Matthew. It presents Jesus as the long-awaited Messiah. It emphasizes his teachings, miracles, death, resurrection, and the fulfillment of Old Testament prophe- prophecies. As you know, the book of Matthew starts with, can we say the word? Genealogies. There we go. It starts with genealogies. Matthew Matthew 1.23 the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. I love Emmanuel, the God that is among us. It tells us the nature of true discipleship and the transforming power Jesus' message has. And then one of the important things to know is the Sermon on the Mount, which gives practical living. I want to give you some famous stories from the book of Matthew. We'll run through these quick. The visit of the wise men is Matthew 2. Joseph and Mary escaping Egypt is Matthew 2.13. John the Baptist announces Jesus, that's Matthew 3. Jesus calms a storm, that's Matthew 8. John the Baptist gets beheaded, that's Matthew 14. Jesus walks on water, Matthew 14. Jesus is buried, Matthew 27. The resurrection, Matthew 28. And the Great Commission is Matthew 28.16. And that is the book of Matthew, starts with the genealogy of Jesus. Which leads us into the book of Mark. The book of Mark is all about Jesus' actions and the urgency of his ministry, portraying him as the servant-savior who came to give his life. Look at what Mark ten forty-five says: For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So the book of Mark is all about Jesus serving, his actions, his miracles, and his power. It's it's about immediacy. It's about urgency. Uh, Mark one verse nine: Jesus gets baptized. Mark 1 16. Jesus calls the first disciples. Mark 2. Jesus heals a paralyzed man. Mark 5. Jesus heals Jairus's daughter. Mark 8 27. Peter recognizes Jesus as the Messiah. Mark 14. Jesus has a last supper with his friends. And then Mark 15. Jesus is crucified. Okay. We're almost perfectly on time. This is God. This is amazing. The book of Luke was written by Luke. This is a detailed account of uh, Jesus' life, his ministry, his teachings. This is a big highlight on compassion for marginalized and lost people. Luke 19.10 summarizes the entire book amazingly. If that's not a word I know, but it is amazingly the way it summarizes it. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. And this is about the inclusivity of God's love, that God loves everybody. God wants everyone to be saved, but we know everyone won't be saved but God has a heart and love for the broken the down and out the tax collector the prostitute it's all about that divine love that God has Luke 1 the birth of Jesus is promised Luke 2 Mary gives birth to Jesus Luke 2 8 the shepherds and the angels come Luke 2 Jesus is taken to the temple Luke 2 41 Jesus gets lost in the temple Luke chapter 4 and these are just some of the famous stories from each book I just wrote down here Luke 4 Jesus is tempted in the wilderness Luke 9, 28, Jesus is transfigured. Luke 10, 25 is a parable of the Good Samaritan. Luke 10, 38 is the Mary, Martha, and Jesus story. Luke 15, is the parable of the prodigal son. Luke 16, 19 is the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, which I preached on last week. You got to go watch that message. Excuse me. Luke 19, Zacchaeus and the tax collectors. Luke 22, Peter denies Jesus. And Luke 24 is the road to Emmaus, which leads us to my favorite book in the Gospels the book of John John's focus is on the divinity of God and the importance of faith the entire first chapter of John is the divinity of Christ in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God in the beginning God that's the book of John it kind of starts the way the book of Genesis starts but it's all about the divine nature of God John 14 6. um, I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me one of the most famous verses in John it tells us about the love of God obviously John 3.16, but a lot of people stop there. John 3.17, John 3.18 talks about if you don't serve God, you're already under con- condemnation. Uh, it also has all the I am statements that Jesus gives. John chapter 2. And there's a lot of stories in John. I just, didn't I just finish my verse by verse on the book of John? You guys should go check it on the channel. There's a lot of stories in John that are in no other gospel. So John 2, Jesus turns water into wine. John 4, we see him talking to the Samaritan women. John 6, he feeds 5,000. John 8, he rescues a woman caught in adultery. John 11, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. John 12, Mary anoints Jesus' feet john 13 jesus washes his disciples feet john 18 jesus gets arrested at the garden of gethsemane john 20 mary meets the risen jesus and john 21 peter forgives jesus forgives peter jesus forgives peter peter does not forgive jesus jesus forgives peter oh i almost ended up on a heresy hunter video there all right book 44 we did a verse by verse on the on this too we're almost there guys come on let's go i need a little more flame emojis in the trap is the book of Acts. The author is Luke. This basically is the chronicle of the early church's growth, the spread of the gospel, and the work of the Holy Spirit. This is the showcase. I'm trying to find the right words. The showcase of the birth of Christianity Christianity, and our mission to go to all nations. This is Acts 1-8. You guys know I had to give you guys this verse, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This teaches the importance of the power of God, community, evangelism, the Holy Spirit working. It's very diverse. It's all about the power of the Holy Spirit helping the early church, growing the early church, and fueling the er early church. This is the book of Acts. There's no amen in the book of Acts. The book of Acts is still continuing, and we're still seeing God move, and we're still seeing God do Acts. Acts 1, Jesus ascends into heaven. Acts 2, the Holy Spirit comes to the disciples. Acts 5, Ananias and Sapphira die. Acts 6, Stephen is stoned. Acts 9, Paul gets converted. Acts 12, Peter escapes from prison. Acts 15, there's a massive council in Jerusalem. Acts 16, Paul and Silas break out of prison with their praise. Acts 17, Paul preaches in Athens. Acts 27, Paul shipwrecked. And in Acts 28, Paul preaches in Rome. And that would end up being the last place that Paul would be preaching at. Okay, we're almost there. The book of Romans author is Paul. Romans is all about a book of doctrine, specifically the doctrine of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. It explores concepts of sin, of grace, righteousness, and emphasizes the unity that we need to have as believers. Romans 3:23, "For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God." So this is really showing us the universal the universe, the universal nature. How do I say this? The universal nature. <laughs> of sin the grace of God um and walking in the spirit but we've all sinned this is universal it's not just some of us one of us a couple of us we've all sinned we all need the grace of God that's what Romans is it's a book of doctrine I've done a whole verse by verse on that a lot of these New Testament if you go to my playlist link you can find verse by verse teaching 12 hours 15 hours total of teachings on these books 1 Corinthians is Paul. This was the first letter to the Corinthians addressing various issues. He emphasizes things like unity, love, spiritual gifts. This is the book about spiritual gifts, that they're important, 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now these three remain faith, hope, and love, but the grace of these is love. This is an emphasis on spiritual gifts, pursuing these unique spiritual gifts to see God move in the early church. But it's his letter to a church. So the next, all these books now, these are all letters here. I don't know if I said that second Corinthians author Paul a second letter Paul addressing his with Paul addressing the church using his apostolic authority his hardships and telling them that you're called to live as new creation second Corinthians 5 17. therefore if anyone is in Christ the new creation has come the old is gone the new is here so if you are in Christ you are a new creature you're not the way you used to be you're not the person you used to be you are a new person and that's what the book is all about Galatians is author Paul Galatians is countering the legalism doctrine and it emphasizes salvation by faith not by the works of the law While also discussing freedom in Christ and the fruits of the spirit Galatians 5 1 it is for freedom Christ set us free stand firm then and do not let yourselves be yoked again by the burden of slavery it's about coming out of the law amen we're not under the law we are under the covenant of grace there's a greater covenant a new glory a new covenant and Paul rebukes Peter for trying to go back under the law rebukes him openly we're not saved by the law or by the works of the law we're saved by faith Ephesians one of my favorite books in the Bible this is about unity of believers in the body of Christ the riches of God's grace and a call to live in love and unity Ephesians 2 8 for it is by grace you've been saved through faith and this is not of yourselves it's a gift from God and this book teaches us the importance of living in harmony Building each other up and putting on the armor of God. This is the spiritual warfare chapter, Ephesians 6. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against, for lack of a, to shorten it, spirits. We're fighting spirits, unclean spirits. Our battle against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness. Put on the armor of God. We're in a battle, y'all. This is not a game, not a joke. Every single day, we are in a battle. We are fighting for our souls, we're fighting for other people's souls. We're in a spiritual battle against the enemy. 50, so close but so far, is the book of Philippians. This is the emphasizing joy, contentment, and unity in Christ. Philippians 4.4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. This was written while Paul was in prison. And the interesting thing is it tells us about having joy in the midst of hard times, and Paul's in prison while he's writing it. That's the book of Philippians. Colossians, we're trying to make the time here. This is a letter to the Colossian church. It affirms the supremacy of Christ. It warns against false teaching. Colossians 3.2, Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. This is Paul's call to focus on eternity. Do not focus on the now. Hold fast to the gospel. Don't let false teaching in. 52, First Thessalonians. Paul's letter to the church in Thessalonica, encouraging believers to live in readiness to the coming of the Lord. 1 Thessalonians four sixteen. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. This book is about being ready for the return of Christ, living a holy life with anticipation that our God is coming back. He's not leaving us. 2 Thessalonians, author Paul, this is the second letter to the church in Thessalonica, addresses again the return of Christ and the importance of remaining steadfast. 2 Thessalonians 2.15, so then brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you by whether by word or mouth or by letter. So this is about keep pushing. Don't stop, don't get weary, don't give in, keep pushing first Timothy Paul's first letter to Timothy giving him guidance and leadership in the order and offering instructions basically how to run church first Timothy two five says for there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind the man Christ Jesus there's one mediator we don't go to Mary we don't go to angels we don't go to Joseph Smith we go directly to Jesus we don't need to pray to a saint or ask them for intercession there's one mediator that's the man Christ Jesus okay second Timothy is Paul's second letter encouraging him to continue to persevere even in hard times you all know the verse second timothy 1 7 for god has not given us a spirit of fear but a power love and a sound mind this would be paul's final letter paul's final writing written to encourage timothy his young protege in the faith that's paul's last letter there all right titus instructions of appointing leaders in the church it's about maintaining sound doctrine and promoting good works among believers titus 2 11, say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. I'm sorry, for the grace of God has appeared and offers salvation to all people. It teaches us, this is what the grace teaches us, to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. That's Titus 2.11. So it's all about sound doctrine and living right. All right, here we go. Philemon, Philemon, however you want to say it, is a personal letter urging forgiveness and reconciliation between Philemon and his runaway slave Onesimus. Wow, I can't believe I said that right. So he has a runaway slave, and Paul is telling him that you need to reconcile. So it's all about reconciliation. Philemon 1, 8 through 9. Therefore, although in Christ, I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I prefer to appeal you on the basis of love. Paul says, I could order you to do this, Titus, I mean Philemon, but I'm going to do it on the basis of love, and I'm not going to make you do it. Hebrews, we don't know who the author is. This letter, uh, the letter to the Hebrews, To Hebrew, Hebrews highlights the the priority of Christ over Old Testament rituals. It's about coming out of those Old Testament rituals. We're no longer on those anymore. We're under the cross. We focus on Jesus. Hebrews 12, 2. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, not the law. I'm adding that part. He didn't say not the law. I'm just adding that. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of god the book of hebrews is all about jesus and historical people and events from the hebrew bible it's very powerful you should go read all of these books the book of james excuse me one second I had something in my throat the book of james i don't have time to be clear in my throat here we go uh, author is james addresses practical aspects of the faith james two seventeen says faith by itself if not accompanied by action is dead This is a book that a lot of people don't like, especially Once Saved, Always Saved folks in the chat. James says, if you have faith, but you don't have works, your faith can't save you. It's not real faith. So you need to have works in your life. You can't just say you're saved, but there needs to be works, not just words. First Peter, author is Peter. This is the first letter of Peter, offer encouragement to believers that are facing persecution. He's urging them to live like aliens, strangers just passing through. 1 Peter 3 15 but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give reason for the hope that you have this book is about enduring trials with hope and being a good witness walking in humility submission and walking love and li- and literally living like a stranger just passing through man we're doing it here we're almost there chow we're at the finish line Sixty one. Second Peter is the author Peter this is a second letter Peter warns against false teachers and emphasizes the importance of knowledge and growth in Christ, 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Don't be stagnant. Come on, chat. We need to grow. So it's about discernment, godliness, and also Peter assures of Christ's return. He says, listen, people are gonna joke and make fun and say God's never coming back. Oh yeah, he's coming back. Trust me, he's coming back. 62, book 62. First John, author is John. This is a theme of love, light, fellowship, And it urges believers to love one another and to test the spirits. 1 John 4, 7. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. And if you don't, if you didn't notice yet over and over again, they're telling us you guys need to love each other. There's a lot of hate going on in the church. It's like today. There's a lot of haters in Christianity, leaders hating on each other. It was happening there in Paul, Peter, John. We need to love guys. Stop fighting all the time. Let's love each other. So it's about discipleship and love for one another. That's basically your genuine relationship with God is your love for one another. 63 is 2 John. John's second letter is again walking in truth and love, warning against false teachers. Second John 1.6. And this is love that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you've heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. John really comes hard against sin, basically tells us in 1 John, Second John, Third John, if you say you're uh, saved and you keep sinning, you're a child of the devil and you're not truly saved. And he goes on and on, railing on sin going against false teaching and says stay on guard and walk in that true belief." third john author is john he talks about hospitality and good works and addresses authority and humility within the church third john 1 11 dear friend do not imitate what is evil but do what is good so this is about serving faithfully in the ministry and maintaining unity in the body of christ okay we're almost there jude the author is john Jude exhorts believers to contend for the faith, fight against immorality and false teachers, and emphasizes the need for your dependency on God and spiritual discernment. Jude 1, 20 through 21. But you, dear friends, by building, your, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep, yourself, keep yourselves in God's love. So this is about praying in the spirit, building yourself up, and standing firm in the faith. Jude is an amazing, amazing book. All right, chat, we've done it. Here we are two minutes and 40 seconds left can can you believe it isaiah saldivar made it in 60 minutes how i don't know it was only by the grace of god number 66 this is not the book of revelations this is the book of revelation okay not the book of revelations although there's revelations this is the book of revelation it's about apocalyptic visions and prophecies God's ultimate victory over the devil and his final judgments, the establishing of a new heaven and a new earth. The Bible says the, the heaven we have now and the earth we have now will pass away and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. Revelation 22:12. 12, behold, I'm coming soon. Woo, come on. Behold, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. We will get based on what we have done. This is about the cosmic battle between good and evil and God's final restoration. It encourages us to persevere, remain faithful, and look forward to God's fulfilling promise. The book of Revelation, when it's all said and done, death, Hades, the Antichrist, the false prophet, the beast, Satan, all of them will get thrown. Every wicked sinner on the final judgment get thrown in the eternal lake of fire, and we will be in a new heaven and a new earth in the New Jerusalem. I have an entire verse by verse on the book of Revelation. And that is, ladies and gentlemen, where's the confetti at? That is the entire Bible in 59 minutes. Praise the Lord, the entire Bible in 59 minutes. Let us pray now. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the strength to do that. I didn't think I was gonna be able to do it. Praise the Lord, all glory to him. I pray this would be something that's used in Bible college, used in churches, used in small groups, um, just used as a resource for people to new believers to get a synopsis of the entire Bible. I know I left out a lot, but I tried doing it in 60 minutes. (laughs) Some of my hand hurts from writing, but there it is, guys. That is the entire Bible in 60 minutes. Let us pray now, and then we'll give you guys a chance if you want to sow into this broadcast or partner with the ministry, you can. Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for what you're doing in every mind, in every heart, in every person in this broadcast. I thank you, Lord, for giving me the strength to do this. I pray, Lord, that there would be just a boldness. There would be a hunger in every single person to read the word to pray and to worship i pray lord over every single person in the chat right now lord that you would fill them with your holy spirit lord i pray that you would fill them with your power i pray you would touch them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet i pray god that you would baptize them in the holy spirit and fire god right now we pray for the baptism of the holy spirit lord that your word would come alive in our minds your word would come alive in our hearts i pray that we would crave the scripture god let us crave the word of god Let us be hungry, come on chat, type that, I wanna be hungry, type that in the chat. I wanna be hungry for the word of God. I pray tonight, God, a hunger would stir, a passion would stir, a desperation would stir, the presence and the power of God would stir in our hearts and stir in our minds. Let us be hungry for the scroll. Lord, I wanna be desperate for you. I wanna be hungry for you. And guys, if you don't know, we are starting September 1st. We're starting the Bible in 90 days as a community. My wife is heading this up. We're gonna be posting a video soon. We're going to be reading the entire Bible in 90 days on the Version Bible app. Go to YouVersion Bible app. Go to Plans Bible in 90 days starting September 1st. We're going to get in the word of God an hour a day. God, we want to be hungry for your word. Help us to read the Bible, God. Help us to, to, to understand the Bible. Lord, let us be led by Your Spirit. Let your spirit. Let your spirit speak to us as we read the Bible. The word of God says the spirit will lead us into truth. Lord, we want the Holy Spirit to lead us into truth as we read. Thank you, Lord. Touch every person, God. Lord, I pray you would touch every single person in this broadcast tonight. I pray no one would leave this broadcast without a hunger and a desperation for you. I know those that are here are meant to be here, God. And I pray that you would bless them and you would touch them, God, for their hunger and their obedience. We pray off all heaviness and cloudiness and attack of the devil. Every demonic power, every demonic spirit must go. You have no power, Satan. You must leave in Jesus' name. You must leave in Jesus' name. Leave the people of God. If there's a spirit that's causing you to not read the Bible, struggle, you fall asleep while you're reading, every time you read, you're distracted, I command every foul spirit that is causing you to struggle to read the word of God, that spirit must go now in Jesus' name. Go now. Every spirit causing you to stumble or struggle in the word of God. Go now in Jesus' name. You have no power. You have no authority. Go. Leave the people of God. Up and out in Jesus' name. The blood is against you, Satan. The blood is against you, Satan. Every spirit must go. Every spirit must go. The blood is against you. Come out now every foul spirit come out now in jesus name every foul spirit come out now in jesus name leave these bodies now spirit of unbelief distraction confusion out of their bodies now out of their mouth into the abyss go in jesus name go in jesus name go go everything must go every spirit must go in jesus name the blood is against you satan the blood is against you satan we bind you now we commend every person to be loosed in jesus name be loosed in jesus name fill them with the holy spirit and power lord jesus name thank you lord freedom and breakthrough praise the lord what a great night guys um apollo will be on the broadcast tomorrow at six o'clock i know we haven't scheduled the stream yet but it will be scheduled tomorrow tomorrow six o'clock apollo will be on the broadcast i want you guys to also i'm going to hang out for a little bit answer some questions and hang out with the chat but I want you guys also to pray about giving into this broadcast guys I don't want to tell you how many hours I spent preparing for today because I don't want to make you feel bad you don't need to feel bad but I spent a lot of hours preparing getting ready getting this all together and doing this please pray about giving we're supported by you guys all of our content is free we don't have any paid content that means we need your guys support so you can scan the QR code and give monthly you can give one time you can give on Venmo uh PayPal's there it's linked in the comments it's all over if you just look at the comments you'll find a giving link If you can't afford to give, don't give. If you can't afford to give, don't feel bad. If you're listening on audio, you can give on isaiasaldivar.com slash partner. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiasaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.